Hello and welcome to Your True Self, a podcast about real-life stories of transformation, navigating life and being able to show up in the world as your unapologetic self. Here, we'll talk about the ups, the downs, the ugly truths and the magical moments that we all experience but often feel we can't share. I'm your host, Certified Transformation Coach and Mentor, Jackie Rogash. I'm going to share with you how I was able to heal my trauma and move from barely surviving to thriving and ultimately embracing my imperfectly perfect self. Because I know the power of community, I'll also be bringing special guests along for the ride. Throughout these conversations, we'll speak about the different factors that support us during our own personal transformations, including healing, resilience, mindset, connection, and so, so much more. So strap yourself in because it's time to discover your true self. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Your True Self. I absolutely loved recording today's episode. Beck Cazillo is a beautiful friend of mine who's been cheering me on for the majority of my biz owner life. And one of the things I love about Beck is her relationship with spirituality. I know often we feel scared to dive into spirituality or even call ourselves spiritual people. So in today's episode, I wanted to chat to Beck about what spirituality is, how it looks different for everyone, and how Beck's spirituality has supported her to step out of her comfort zone and create a life and business that feels amazing and fun. Beck is a spiritual business coach on a mission to support women to claim their worth, master their mindset, and step into the highest vision for their life and business. As a fiery Aries woman, Beck helps her clients get out of their own way, ignite their inner fire, and start living their soul's purpose. Her approach combines the practical with the intuitive to ensure you walk away with the tools and strategies to build a life and business that you love. Beck balances biz life with mum life, living on Ngunnawal country in Canberra, Australia, with her husband Matt and their beautiful little boy Noah. For anyone thinking there is more they want to explore, I encourage you to dive into this episode because it really is a good one filled with so much advice for you to explore your own spirituality, whatever that may look like. If you want to connect with Beck and learn how she can support you grow your business, click the link in the show notes below. Hello, Beck. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I am super excited and I love all things spirituality. I love you. I love what you're about and I love what you share. So this is so, so fun and feels like such a treat to be chatting to you. So again, thank you for taking the time to speak to me. You're so welcome. Yay. (laughs) So you're a spiritual business coach on a mission to support women to claim their worth, master their mindset and step into their highest vision for their life and business. Before we dive into all things spirituality, I would love it if you could share with us a bit of your journey and what led you to becoming a spiritual business coach. It is a wild ride. <laughs> I, um, If you told me when I was you know, finishing high school that I would be a spiritual business coach. Yeah, when I was 30, I would just have laughed 
in your face. <laughs> like it's it's so wild to me to think back to that time when so, so much has changed, but ultimately nothing's changed at all as well, which mm. is really kind of kind of cool. So my journey to getting here. I um I finished high school and I wanted to be a doctor. So I had studied maths and science and worked really hard in year 11 and 12 to get good marks and I got into medical science at uni. And then I went on my gap year, deferred my course and I got back and I was just like looking at 7 years of study plus the lifestyle of being a doctor. Like when I think about that now, like if if I had gone down that road, I would be working shifts. I probably wouldn't have specialised yet. I, you know, like the lifestyle that I would have is so, so wildly different mm-hmm. to what it is being your own boss. Yep. So I was looking at that and I was just dreading it, but it was something that I'd wanted to do forever. I had wanted to be a doctor since I was an early teenager. And I remember having this conversation with my parents and they were like, you know, you don't have to go down that road. Like you don't have to become a doctor if you don't want. And I had this like light bulb moment uh, and decided to change my path. I went and did, uh, I actually studied international development at uni in the end. So like a complete 360 in terms of the area I was studying. I finished uni. I did some volunteer work, got to travel lots. And, uh, after uni went and did an internship in Fiji. So I've had all of these great experiences and I came home and I kind of landed in working in the youth space. So I was working in youth justice, youth advocacy, advocating on issues for young people and loved that job and found so, so much meaning in that job. And I worked there for four years. It was also just such a flexible workplace. You know, we could work out seven hours a day between seven and seven. So if that meant starting at 10 a.m., we could start at 10 a.m., which was so good. So, so good. I could wear jeans to work and I could wear my Birkenstocks to work. Like I, I didn't have to be, you know, corporate and living in Canberra where most people end up in the public service or a lot of people end up in the public service. It was wildly different to anything anyone in my, you know, circle was, was doing I remember going to dinner once with a friend who was like, I could never wear that to work. And I'm like, this is my, this is my corporate meeting outfit. For <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I said to my boss at the time, I was like, you guys have ruined me for any kind of corporate job. Like I just, I'm just never going to be able to do that kind of, have that kind of lifestyle. Anyway, I digress. Um, the, the work that I was doing, working in youth advocacy, working on issues where, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, challenging issues, homelessness, um, inequities, those kinds of things, I wanted a creative outlet. So I actually started making candles. And at the same time, I was actually studying interior design in the evening. So I kind of was looking for some creativity on, on the side to my work. and went down the path of creating candles. I'm really, um, I'm really lucky because at a similar time I was diving into 
spirituality. And my mum's a big part of that path. She's a professional psychic medium and I trained as a Reiki healer at the same time. So I was kind of doing all these different little things and dipping my toes in different areas and went down this candle path and ended up creating a candle range that I would then, you know, start a business with and start selling my candles and going to markets. And they were very much healing candles inspired by my Reiki training and my Reiki practice. Anyway, the story then goes that I created some goddess candles and then to celebrate the launch of those, I created a goddess workshop. Mum and I run that, ran that uh, together. We still run uh, women's workshops together. And I discovered that that work, bringing women together, doing inner healing transformation work, that was, it just lit me up so much. And seeing the transformation that women could create in their lives when they started, you know, exploring their own spirituality and doing the deep inner healing work and just seeing them step into their power and their light and all of that stuff, all of that incredible, incredible transformation that you can see when you do that work. I found my thing. And what I discovered after doing, you know, I then went and did some training to become a coach and what I found once women were coming through doing this work with me is they were starting to then access their own uh, power, their own magic, starting to shine their light in their own way and wanting to start their own businesses, their own spiritual businesses, because I had a spiritual business. They were seeking me out for business coaching. And so that is how I ended up as a spiritual business coach. I love that. (laughs) And... (laughs) What a journey. And it's funny when you say you want to be doc- wanted to be a doctor. I always wanted to be a vet and then I did um, work experience there and I can't handle stitches. Surgeries, I'm fine. As soon as stitches come out, I faint. And then I wanted to be a lawyer and I did work experience in Echuca, which clearly the law firm in Echuca is not the thriving hub that I thought it would be. And I'm like, that was the most boring week of my life. And I came home from a career <laughs> expo. I'm like, I'm going to be a massage therapist. And mum's like, holy shit, we've gone from an entry of 99 <laughs> to zero. <laughs> but it's like, I love that. And I love your journey because it's not one where it was like, you were never unhappy per se. It was just, you almost followed well, you followed your intuition of like, I need some extra creativity. So let's make some candles and Let's bring women together. Oh, hang on. This is really empowering. So let's move to that. And I think that, well, it shows a deep spirituality anyway and deep connectedness for you to be able to recognise that you needed something else. And I think sometimes that's where a lot of women or people fall short in the sense of this is good but there's something missing Mm. and instead of trying to find out what that is, they just stay stuck. Yes. Yeah. It can be so easy too, because, you know, on the surface, it's like, you know, I had a full-time job. I had opportunities. It was a small organization that I worked for. And, um, 
you know, I got to go on radio and talk about issues and I got to meet with ministers and talk about issues. And, you know, we were, we were doing work that um, was incredibly meaningful and I felt really fulfilled in that space in so many ways. But really it's, it's taking that opportunity, that time to go, well, what do I, what's going to really light me up? What's going to make me feel good and like giving yourself permission, but it can be so easy to get into like, you know, just the rhythm of life. You go to work, you come home, you do the thing. Maybe you've got some hobbies, maybe you don't, you know, it's, it's so easy just to get stuck in that space. And we're not necessarily encouraged to go out and do something new or, you know, that's all a bit too hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some organizations are good. And I think, you know, if you're in like a tech or IT company, like they encourage that creativity and expansion. Whereas having worked in government, you know, they're very particular, you know, you have to get um, approval to have a second job. Like it's all, yeah, it's really quite interesting. So the fact that you had that freedom was also wonderful. And how good is it to work for someone who's just like, whatever you want. Yeah. And I mean, look, we worked in the youth space. So, you know, there's definitely a benefit there in um, being more approachable as as an organisation. But it's not something that I ever really thought, like when I, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have this high-flying job and I'm going to (laughs) wear the high-flying outfits and, you know, be this career woman. And um, I would not want to do that. And I, <laughs> like now thinking of that, I'm like, no, I just, I love, um, I love the flexibility. I think yeah. I didn't realise how important that was to me until I started working for a place that that was possible. And then, you know, even, you know, I transitioned out of my job. So I uh, went down to four days a week and had, you know, my Fridays where I could work on my business and, um, that was really great having that flexibility. And actually before I quit my job, I had approval to cut back even further. And I remember when I made the decision to quit, it was actually after I'd been in Bali for a couple of weeks. I went on, on a uh, retreat where I was actually, uh, the photographer and, um, was doing the photography for them on this retreat. It was amazing. Got home and I was like, you know what? I could cut down to three days a week or I could just quit. I love and that. I quit. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. It's um, it's funny how our priorities and perceptions of what's important to us changes mm. over time. And that's one of be- been one of my biggest things as well is that freedom piece. Yeah. I think also just being open to that changing, you know, and it's okay if you so often, especially with spirituality and people talk about having a spiritual awakening, often it's talked about when you get to that rock bottom point. So many people have those, those stories where they talk about getting that to that point. But I never, I don't have one of those stories. My story isn't of like getting to a point where I hit rock bottom and that was when I changed my life. It's almost just like this gradual process of, oh, I could follow this. I'm going to follow those breadcrumbs until know, that always feel good. And what I love about that is, you know, right now I'm working as a spiritual business coach. I plan to have my own business for the foreseeable future. I don't see that changing, but also 
that could change and that could be great. Yeah. And I think that's also a really beautiful lesson because, you know, if I, it's one of those double-edged things. If I could have my time again, I probably wouldn't change anything because it's led me to where I am. But also now knowing what I'm capable of and what life can look like, I would have made changes sooner so I didn't hit rock bottom, Mm. right? And I think for you and I that's ultimately what we want with the people that we work with. Like we don't want people to hit rock bottom and you don't have to, but it's about being open to that. And, you know, I think that's one of those things that they say people only change like people only make changes in two situations when they feel so supported and loved that they trust themselves to do that or if they hit rock bottom. And while we're in that comfort zone, sometimes it can be harder. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's like that, you know, why change things if things are working, you know? Yeah, 100%. Mm. So let's talk spirituality. Yes. I know for me, I used to have a very generalized perception of what spirituality is. Mm. Clearly what it means to me now is very, very different. And again, if anyone told me five years ago that I would call myself a spiritual person, I'd probably laugh and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't do that. Um, But I would love if you'd be able to talk to us about what spirituality is and more specifically, how being spiritual doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. I love that you say that because, you know, so many people have this idea of what spirituality looks like, you know, sitting on your meditation cushion, wearing all your crystals and like, you know, I've got lots of crystals, Uh, but you know, there's this idea of what it, of what it looks like. And, um, and I totally get that. But it's so nice to start to explore that for yourself and come to this realisation that it's it's not about prescribing to anything in particular, but rather it's this journey of going within and discovering what your own version brand of that spirituality looks like. So you know, what that means to me is going to be so different to what that means to you. And that's not only is that okay, that's actually really great because for me, I can't really separate personal development and spirituality. For me, it's so interlinked because it's all about going within and doing the deep inner healing work. Like for me, that's what spirituality is. And that's also what personal development is, right? Like yeah. it's it's so intertwined. And so I find it really challenging to separate the two. And I know lots of people who go down the personal development path and don't even blink an <laughs> eye at spirituality. And that's totally <laughs> fine too. But almost to me, I see that as a spiritual journey for them, even if they don't necessarily identify it as that. Yeah, Spirituality is about what it means to you all of those things that we see, like the crystals and the candles and the oils and, you know, the cards or whatever all of those things are, that's just tools. They're just tools that you can use to access different things. They're those tools that you can use to open the door to find, you know, that inner meaning for you. So when I think about, for me, 
a big part of my spirituality is goddess spirituality. And that's what opened the door for me. So I discovered goddesses. I remember mum gifted me this uh, card deck called the Goddess Oracle. And that's when I started to really dig deeper into spirituality. And for me, that was just this huge doorway into all of these things that I could learn about myself. That's what it's about, you know. So we have goddesses, for example, where we can learn about them, learn their stories, connect in with their energy. But ultimately, the thing that's important is what that means for us and what that helps us learn about ourselves that we can then, you know, implement in our lives. I'm really, really, really big on the fact that our spiritual journeys are not about, I mean, look, our spiritual journeys can be about this idea of ascension and they can be, it can be about this idea of tapping into our higher self and living that life that is super aligned. But for me, it's also about grounding that in the here and now. We're here for a human experience. That's what I believe. And so we have all of this access, all of this information, all of these things that we can explore when it comes to spirituality. We've got to find the thing that speaks to us. But ultimately, I see the purpose of that being learning about ourselves so that we can have a better human experience. So powerful. And I love that you say that you struggle to separate spirituality from personal development because it's really about that self-awareness, isn't it? Like that really learning how to tune in to yourself. And when you go on the personal development journey, shall we say, that's ultimately what you're doing. It's, you know, tuning into you. It's like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Which in turn means that you start trusting your intuition. And as you said, you then may look at tools that allow you to do that. And for me, my first connection to that was through journaling. Mm. You know, that was really how I started to connect to myself and process what was going on to ground into whatever was going on and to work through it. And from there it was like, okay, I'm going to buy a deck of cards. I've got no idea what I'm doing with these. Let's hope they come with instructions, which they do, (laughs) by the way, for anyone that doesn't have any, they come with instructions. Um, And then it's, you know, it's something like I've always loved candles, you know, even as a kid growing up, like if I ever had a bath, it was like lights off, candles on. And I look back now, I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Like that was almost a gift that I gave myself to allow myself to tune out of the world and tune into me. And it's, you know, I'm very much one of those people who when I first started personal development, air quotes, was like, spirituality is not for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> now it's like there's a card a day, there's journaling, there's meditating, <laughs> there's crystals, there's candles, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. And I love it. Mm. And as you said, like not everyone has to, not everyone's rituals or practices or processes have to look the same. No, not at all. And I actually think that's a really good thing that they don't look the same. And, you know, what I love about it is, you know, sometimes you'll see, I'll see someone walking down the street who looks quite corporate, but they might be wearing like a crystal necklace Mm. and I'll be like, oh, yeah. I see that. I see you. I see you there. 
You know, we think it, it looks like, you know, wearing certain clothes or we think it looks like, as you say, that meditation or um, wearing those crystals or having those cards. We think it looks a certain way, but, you know, it it can look however you want it to look. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's not all green smoothies and um, <laughs> clean eating and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Like we've got just this such a funny idea. People are so black and white, right? Like, yeah. We we want things to fit into neat little boxes and we're way more complex than that. hundred percent. And I think that comes from, you know, societal conditioning and that's a whole other path we could go down <laughs> in terms of like everything that we do. It's like I have to do this or this is the expectation of me or this is what I must do or this is my role in society and it's, you know, I remember when I first started dating Chris, we, I was turned around one day, I said, tomorrow morning I'm meditating. So you can't, like I said, I'm having my time. So for an hour, you just need to, you know, do whatever. And he's like, what for? I said, what do you mean? He goes, what are you meditating for? I'm like, because I haven't done it for, and I think it'd been about a week. So I was feeling a bit edgy. Yeah. And he goes, but nothing's wrong. Don't you only meditate when something's wrong? <laughs> like, no. It's like, but journaling, don't you just journal when something's wrong? No. <laughs> so, you know, again, there's those external perceptions of, oh, shit must be really bad if she's going to meditate. Whereas like, yeah. no, that allows me that space every morning to just tap into me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we look at embracing our own spirituality in whatever form that looks like, And knowing that everybody starts from somewhere. And I think that's probably an important message is to not compare yourself to what someone else is doing and just start where you're at. When we do this, we start tapping into our intuition and what we want. How can that make life more fun? Mm. I love that question (laughs) because... As I said, I'm all about how it helps us have this human experience and having fun is a huge part of that. I think we take spirituality really seriously. We can mm. we can look at it and go, oh, um, you know, this is, I've got to meditate and I've got to get into alignment with my higher self and I've got to like live my path. And we get really like bogged down in into um, the seriousness of that. But actually you know, as you say, we start following our intuition, it makes life more fun, more enjoyable, more pleasurable because it's like we can sit, do some meditation. It doesn't have to take long. We can even not do meditation but just tap in and ask ourselves questions like, what do I most need today? You know, what's going to be really enjoyable for me today? What's going to be really nourishing for me today? What's going to be really fun for me today? And if we have a relationship with our intuition where we can actually hear that and listen to that, the next step is following through, which can be the challenging bit, I think, because once you've got that relationship with your intuition, you ask yourself the question, what could be, what would be most nourishing for me today? What would be most enjoyable for me today? And your intuition is like, you need to get outside and go for a walk. 
our rational mind can then be like, no, but we've got all of these things that we need to tick off the to-do list and you don't have time for that and you've got to go and do this, blah, blah, blah. The reason that spirituality, the reason that listening to our intuition can help us make life more fun is because it's like, no, my intuition is telling me that I need to go and do this thing and that's going to make life more enjoyable for me today. So the follow-through is the big key thing there, but essentially having that relationship with our intuition, having that access to our spirituality helps us to identify those things and follow through on them. I love that. I love (laughs) that so much. And well, here's a random side thought that popped into my head as you were speaking was, you know, sometimes for me it might be like what do I most need, but sometimes it's what does my inner child need. Mm -hmm. So do you ever relate inner child work with spirituality? Hugely. Hugely. Um, and perhaps that's because I can't separate spirituality <laughs> with personal <laughs> development work. Um, so I love all of those things that we can access, right? Like what does my inner child most need right now? And sometimes that'll be the playful fun side. Sometimes that'll be like I need to mother myself right now. I need to mm-hmm. nurture and nourish myself right now. My inner child needs that. I need to look after my inner child. Um, I do a lot of work with women. And so I'm often talking about the inner goddess and how we can uh, really tap into that inner feminine energy that we have, which is all about sensuality. It's all about intuition. It's all about getting into flow and being more in tune with, you know, our needs and our cycles and all of that beautiful, delicious, you know, work that we can do when we tap into our inner feminine. And so it's like, I I like asking myself this question and asking my clients this question, like, what would my inner goddess do right now in this moment? And often that's like accessing your inner power, Mm. which is so cool. So there's lots of different ways we can, you know, tap into these different archetypes when we're looking at spirituality and um, doing that inner work to help us make change in our life, to help us understand ourselves better, to help us, yeah, have more fun, create more enjoyable experiences for ourselves. So good. And I think your answer there just really shows how many different ways you can play with spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, and even for people who have rituals and consider themselves deeply spiritual, it can change every day, like what their yeah. practice is and how they play with that can change every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some some people will go down like the real witchy path, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. I I identify most strongly with goddesses and goddess spirituality. I know a lot of people who love working with angels and angelic energy. So there's there's just so many, there's so many different paths you can take. Astrology, like I'm just, I'm thinking of all of the different things. Like 
there's just so many avenues you can explore when you start to open up this world and some will speak to you more than others. And I think it's just about being okay with that and following what you are most drawn to at the time. Um, And for me too, I think exploring our ancestral roots can be really nice too. So um, I've done a little bit of research and not a lot, Um, you know, my dad's Italian and there's, um, you know, there's a whole witchcraft that comes out of Southern Italy. And I've done a little bit of exploring in that, but it's something that I really would love to explore more. So there's all of these different things you can, all these different things you can go and uh, research and find and follow. It's, you know, there's so much. And it's fun. Like, why not? It sounds fun. <laughs> so for anyone who it doesn't consider themselves spiritual but feel like it's something that they want to explore more, what advice would you give? Like, what's a good starting point? Oh, that is such a good question. I think um, I think I would start with what, interests you the most. And so there's obviously that research piece you can do. Like if there's specific things, like if you're hearing me talk about angels and you're like, oh, well, maybe I could explore that. Like go and do a little bit of research. There's heaps of books. There's heaps of stuff on the internet about all of this stuff. Um, But my recommendation is really to start developing a relationship with yourself and through meditation, through journaling, anything where you can start to really just sit with yourself and be, that's where I would start. So there's kind of, there's kind of so many different avenues, so many things you can learn in this space. And obviously there will be things that will speak to you more that you can go down and follow, you know, almost go down the rabbit hole of those things and follow. But ultimately coming, always coming back to, well, what does this mean for me? How does this apply to my life? What does this look like for me? And just start really asking yourselves those questions. This is why for me it's so linked with personal development because it's about how it relates to you, how that helps you understand yourself better and uh, then ultimately what that means for your life. When people start going down this spiritual path, it's inevitable that there will be change that they want to make, right? Because it's, you know, there will be things that you start to see that you're like, oh, that's actually not aligned. That doesn't light me up. That doesn't make me feel good. Why am I doing that? And ultimately then, you know, hopefully (laughs) that leads you to change it. I love that. And when I ask that, I'm like, this is such a simple but really loaded question Hmm. because you've obviously just been talking about all of the different ways that you explore spirituality and that other people can and do. And then it's like, where does someone start? (laughs) And it depends depends what you've come across, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would say, as I said, like I was journaling, which I now now associate to spirituality, but I reckon the first time I really – like thought that I was starting spirituality, I think was when I bought my first Oracle card deck Mm. and went to a crystal shop. Yeah. You know, so it was, and I remember, and something I think is important to share 
for anyone listening is that people around you who don't know or don't get it will have an opinion about it, like they'll say things, but just trust that you're doing it for a reason. You know, I know my mum and I guess you're probably in a beautiful position because your mum has always been so deeply spiritual Whereas my mum was like, you know, I bought some cards. She goes, oh, you know, you can interpret them any way you want. Like, yes, mum. And, you know, like that kind of judgment type thing. Whereas now if I'm at home at mum and dad's and I'm doing cards, she'll come in. She's like, what does today's card say? You know, like, (laughs) so it's like, it's really changed. Yeah. But I think for me, it was just going into that. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because this is just about me. Like this is a gift of space and time that I'm giving to myself and that's all that really matters. Yeah. I so agree with that. There's this term that people um, in the spiritual space will talk about and it's coming out of the spiritual closet. It's a thing <laughs> because... It so is. It's a thing, yeah. And it's. I think it's getting easier because there are more mainstream uh you know, spirituality is more mainstream now. And we see that in so many different ways. Yoga as a practice is a spiritual practice. And while, you know, we won't get into how that might have been co-opted in so many ways, (laughs) um, ultimately that, that is a spiritual practice, right? And so there's so many ways that this has come into the mainstream now. And so it is getting easier, but, you know, Depending on what circles you move in, um, yeah, coming out of the spiritual closet is 100% a thing. I know know lots of business owners. I obviously support spiritual business owners. When they come out of the spiritual closet, it's a big thing. And there can be stages to that too, right? So, you know, in some spaces, it might be that people feel like they're not fully owning their spirituality, even if they've got a, a crystal shop, you know, mm. and they still feel like they're stepping out of that spiritual closet when they're doing something different within their business or something like that. So it doesn't, there's like, can be layers to that. But, you know, as you say, I've got my mum who, um, Susie Cherub, who's a psychic medium, and she has been doing this, you know, doing this work professionally for 12 or 13 years now. But she used to be in corporate and, you know, she used to wear the corporate suits and people didn't know that side of her. And to be honest, we didn't really know that side of her until, you know, I was a teenager. So she had a had a spiritual coming out as well. So Everybody has that, I think, uh, to some extent. I know, I know plenty of my friends who, uh, and I've still got plenty of friends who don't identify as spiritual, and um, and that hasn't changed our relationship. But you know, I'm definitely the spiritual one. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, really? <laughs> um, but it's it's a really really. Interesting thing because, again, it parallels that personal development journey because it's like when you do that, it's about fully owning that side of you and being okay with it, knowing that there will be people who won't be. And we see that in spirituality. We see that in just... Everything. Yeah, 
Like it's just owning our authenticity. And if that's part of what that looks like for you, then, you know, that journey is going to be a part of it. And I think something that came up as you were talking was that stigma of if you're you're spiritual, you're a hippie. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with hippies, but it's like almost like that, you know, 1960s, 1970s mindset that we're just stuck in that if you have crystals and that kind of things, you must be a hippie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to know how did spirituality help you step out of your comfort zone and I guess create the life that you've dreamt of? Mm. Well, for me, it's it's really about um, being able to follow those breadcrumbs and trust my intuition. So, you know, I shared my story at the start of this conversation. There are so many points in time when I could have said no to following my heart and following my intuition. You know, I could have gone and studied medical science. The entire time I was at uni, because I had deferred that course, every time I logged into my um my online portal, I had to click that I was logging on for my international development course, not for my medical science course. So I had a reminder every single time (laughs) that I had gone down a different path to that, Um, which is just, was just the best decision that I made. But also it would have been so easy to just be like, well, no, I've wanted this forever this is what I'm doing. It would be harder to go and apply for another uni course. It would be harder to change course right now. I might as well just stick with this path that I've chosen. Mm. So for me, my spirituality has helped me to go, actually, no, this is the right decision. And to just keep coming back to that intuitive knowing and trusting. Trusting is such a huge part of that journey because you never know where it's going to lead. I, you know, I never knew that me making candles was going to end up with me being a spiritual business coach, but I wouldn't change that path in any way because, you know, you kind of have to go on the journey. And this is, you mentioned this before, you've got to go on the journey to get to where you are. So having regrets makes no sense. But once you are equipped with that knowledge It's like, well, now that you know, now that you know what your intuition is saying, you know, you've got to follow it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. You obviously do have a choice. We've all got free will. (laughs) But when you know that that's the path that you need to be following, then it's like, I'm just going to trust that this is the right next step for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think another important thing to remember is that just because you decide to make change or look at something else or do something different. Like you don't have to have all of the answers figured out. You know, when I left the police force, in no way did I think in, what I mean, three years' time, four years' time that, you know, I'd be running a six-figure business. Yeah. But it was just, and it was, it was following those breadcrumbs, like what makes me feel good, what lights me up, like what do I no longer want in my life. And I think once we start saying no to the things that don't make us feel good, we then start opening our eyes to the things that do make us feel good. 100%. The the words yes and no are the most powerful words 
because they tell everyone in our life and they tell the universe what we're willing to have and not have, what we're willing to put up with and not put up with. And so when we can start to say, like when we can learn to say no to those things, oh, it's just so powerful. And I think um, part of the journey is becoming okay with changing our mind and, you know, maybe there are things that used to be in alignment with us and now they're not. And so it's always constantly just trusting yourself in that moment to be like, no, this is this is the no that I need to make right now. Even though three years ago I would have said yes and it would have felt really good for you three years ago. That's fine. Yeah. But we can change. Yeah. 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 We don't owe anyone anything. We don't. No. And I think also removing the charge that we associate with the word no. Mm. You know, yes and no should carry the same weight. You yes. Know, they're the same thing but they have different meanings but we feel so we feel like we have to say yes, whereas we feel like we can't say no. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I work with so many clients on. It's like, don't do it. They're like, oh, but, 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 but. It's like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Say no. And that can be a huge, a huge hurdle. Huge hurdle. I think sometimes what I've found is, you know, they are the opposite of each other, right? And so if we're saying yes to something, that isn't in alignment, we're actually saying no to ourselves. Like we are saying no. When we say no to something, we're saying yes to ourselves, you know? So they, they're they the two sides of the coin. So if you can start to, if you know, if you're having trouble saying no to things that are out of alignment, a good reframe is like, well, actually you are saying yes to something and what you're saying yes to is yourself. I love, I love that aspect of the yes and no dichotomy and, you know, polarity. It's a really powerful way to put it and I think that's something that would land mm. with everybody. Mm. Yeah. So what does showing up in the world as your true self mean to you? Ooh, such a good question. For me, it means that I am honouring myself and I am owning my worth and valuing my worth when I'm showing up as my true self because if I'm not, and I suppose that's the first thing I think about, if I'm not showing up as my true self, then I'm devaluing all of that and I'm not valuing who I am and what I've got to share. And I know that what I've got to share is important. I know that what I am here to do in this world is impactful and, you know, will help others. And I've, if I'm not honouring that, if I'm not valuing that, if I'm not showing up in my true self, like I'm not... I'm not allowing the world that magic and, you know, that's that's not okay. I'm here for more than that. That's what I'm feeling. That's how I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> it was an incredible answer. <laughs> and thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you for having me on the show. So fun. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Your True Self. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Jackie.Rogash or through my Facebook group, Inner Transformations with Jackie Rogash. If you love this episode and don't want to miss another one, I'd be so grateful if you could hit subscribe and also leave a five-star review so more people have the opportunity to hear this podcast because you just never know who needs to hear what we'll be sharing. Take care and stay true to you.